We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Game one is completed, Nets fans. Make sure to check it out, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com. That's where you can find the Brooklyn Buzz, our recap of today's game. Uh, Nick Fay was watching it very, very closely, so we'll be asking him plenty of questions about it. I'm Jack Manuel, Nick Fay. Uh, disappointed, my friend? Yeah, Jack, you know, definitely disappointed to get another close loss. You know, we're used to it a lot from last season. But, uh, you know, there were still a lot of positives to take from the game. You know, we'll try to be more positive on the bus because I know a lot of people are already going crazy on, on Nets Twitter right now. So we'll kind of be a little bit more optimistic. You know, it was only game one. It's only game one. Maybe while and make sure you guys are following us, Bog Talk Radio. OTGBasketball.com, uh, NetsRepublic.com, iTunes, YouTube, everything else, Dash Radio. But Nick, what were the key takeaways from today's game? Obviously, it was a loss. It was disappointing. But what are the positives and negatives they can take away from today's performance? You know, we'll start with the positives. You know, Karis LeVert really turned it up today. He had, you know, uh, you know, obviously a career game, scoring 27 points, 10 of 18 from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, really attacking the rim. Detroit had a ton of problems staying in front of him. He really took over in that second half. You know, obviously not getting that game-winning shot up at the end and having that turnover hurts, but he'll learn with experience. You know, obviously Jared Allen, monster block on Blake Griffin once again. You know, Blake's going to definitely have nightmares about him. Jared Allen had his presence felt in the paint definitely defensively. Offensively in that first half had a couple monster dunks, nice spin moves. You know, definitely looked a lot more polished. In the second half, he wasn't as as impactful. You know, obviously some of that's with uh, youth and going against Blake and Andre. But, you know, a lot of positive to take away from Jared Allen. And, you know, Joe Harris didn't shoot well, but I was impressed with him being active on the board. Six rebounds, five assists, and only one of seven from three, something that we're not used to seeing from uh, Joe Harris. But, you know, it happens. And then, you know, on the negative side, actually one more positive, Spencer Dimity off the bench. Very impressive in that second half. Was yep. able to get to the rim with ease. Ten of 18, you know, he was just taking – he was getting a pick, and he was just going to the rim, and they Detroit really had no answer for it. Ed Davis also was just like a rebound vacuum. I loved him out there. Four or four from the field, seven rebounds, three assists. You just really could tell he's just a great veteran to have around this team. 
the negative side, obviously, D'Angelo only played 24 minutes. He was benched for the last 16. You know, he started the game pretty nicely, had a couple of deflections early on. And then after that, it was just like he kind of got out of his rhythm. He caught a mean elbow in the head from uh, Andre Drummond. It looked like he was bleeding a little bit from his ear. And then he just wasn't the same player. I don't know if that kind of took him out of rhythm or he just, like, didn't have the right energy. And then, obviously, Kenny was mad. If I had to say one specific play that really probably pissed off Kenny – there was a play where I'm not sure who was setting the pick, but it was Jared Dudley and D'Angelo Russell playing defense. And both of them sat behind the pick, and they just put their arm up, and Reggie Jackson got a wide-open three. It seemed like Kenny was pretty pissed after that. Also, Nets fans aren't going to be happy. Jared Dudley played 35 minutes, 0-5 from the field, 0-4 from three. You know, he's a smart basketball player, but physically, I don't think he's capable of playing those type of big minutes. And rebounding-wise, to only have three rebounds against, you know, a physical team like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and putting it all in Jared Allen, it's not going to work out. So I thought that was kind of a negative on Kenny playing Jared Dudley. Obviously, we have the injuries, you know, no Damari, no Alan Crabb, no RHJ. But honestly, I know this is like out of the Nets, you know, system, really. I would have maybe went with Ed Davis and Jared Allen at the end or even Trevion Graham. Offensively, Trevion Graham really didn't do much. But defensively, he was definitely a bigger physical presence. Yeah, I think a lot of those takeaways are very valid, Nick. I mean, we're going to be, it's always going to be hyperbolic reaction on Twitter and, and all the social medias. But, you know, if if our guys were healthy, you know, you put in Alan Crabb, you put in RHJ, you put in Damari Carroll, do you think the Nets get the win? Obviously, the Pistons had their injury issues as well. But do you think that those three guys would have helped us get over the line? Yeah, I think so. Just for the fact that the Nets shot so bad from three, five of 27, 18.5%. You insert a guy like Alan Crabb, you know, even Damari Carroll, you know, they're probably going to get that number up. And then also at times they're relying a lot on Joe Harris. He played big minutes. And I think Alan, Alan Crabb out there, just another fresh body to provide more spacing at times, I think would have really helped. And then we know the type of energy RHJ uh, brings to a team. In that second and third quarter, the Nets got really stagnant at times. I think if you have a guy like Hollis Jefferson out there and get you a couple quick buckets, even a guy like Damari Carroll, we saw last year when the Nets were getting killed on like big runs he'd kind of do one of those weird pull-up things where he drew a foul and kind of broke down the run I think missing those three guys obviously hurt and the Nets probably get the win but like you said Detroit didn't have Reggie Bullock they also didn't have Stanley Johnson so it's somewhat of a watch but I think those three guys for the Nets are probably bigger rotation pieces but overall I think the issue was really at that four position Blake Griffin was able to kind of dominate in that second half and then when Jared Allen had to help nobody really had his back to protect the rim from Andre Drummond yeah, actually, I remember doing a piece, netsrepublic.com, as a preview piece. I'm like, where will it be one and lost things to watch for? And that front court rotation was one thing that I was sort of watching for. At that stage, RHJ was still questionable and could have played. So I'm like, if we had him, I think that obviously adds something to our front court. You know, he played a lot of four last season. Damari Carroll as well can switch into there. I think when you're versing to maybe one of the best front courts in the NBA, if not the East Definitely Conference probably in the East. Yeah, easily in the East. I mean, the, and I mean, Drummond just puts up numbers. Blake Griffin, underrated passer, and just does some insane things. Despite the fact that you know Jared Allen had his number on a couple of occasions uh, already. But was it Nick? Was it about the Nets lost this game, or did Detroit play better, or was it sort of like a flip of the coin and just the fact that at the end of the day that you know Detroit are a little bit more of a, a hardened team, you know, got a little bit more experience under their belt, and sort of they just know how to sort of grind out those wins rather than you know the Nets sort of being able to get the respectable losses as we always have. You know, obviously I'm a Nets fan, but I feel like the Nets blew this game. You know, they had the opportunity. They started really strong energy-wise, getting stagnant in that second and third quarter. Also, the free throw line, 15 to 22, 68%. You know, hit your free throws, you win the game. 
knock down a couple more threes. You know, there's a couple of stupid fouls. You know, one that really sticks out, obviously, is a rookie. But Rodion's at the end of the third quarter. You know, Blake was about to shoot a half-court shot, and he fouled him, getting him two more free throws. And, you know, that really hurt. And obviously, in a, you know, a game that's decided by a few points, that's really going to matter a lot. And then I think offensive rebounding-wise, you know, obviously, some of it is playing Jared Dudley, but they were, you know, on the boards. They only lost by, I think, seven boards, but Detroit had 14 offensive rebounds, and the turnover area was pretty bad. You know, they start the game with only two turnovers in the first quarter and then 15 the rest of the way. If they're able to get that turnover number down, they probably win this game. Yeah, and it's, I think, and it's ironic that, the, you know, their last chance to win the game ended with a turnover. Yeah, I, I think that was a real problem throughout the preseason for us. I think, I, again, I put that in my piece. It's like yeah. they're, read, they're reading my pieces on NetsRepublic.com, Nick. Um, but I think taking care of the ball, you know, even Spencer Dimwini, um, from reading his stats um, and from what I've seen and chatting to you a little bit, you know, he was, you know, uncharacteristically um, t- turning over the ball, giving the ball back. So, yeah, you can't give the ball back to a team that has, you know, some offensive talent that can certainly make you pay. Um, Ish Smith, I think, is a little bit of an underrated player as well. And from what I've watched. He does well against the Nets. <laughs> he does. It seems like always those guys like Vucevic, those underrated guys that are, are talented but always put it together against our Nets. But, Nick, what do the Nets need to do going into their home opener, which you'll be there live? Um, what do they need to do um, to get the win against the Knicks? I think, number one, they need to keep that energy high. They played with the same energy they played with the first, you know, half of the – even the, just the entire first quarter. Great off-ball movement. Active hands defensively. You saw them really get their hands in the passing lanes, get a couple easy steals, easy fast break points. That really didn't happen the rest of the game. They need to keep doing that, especially against a young Knicks team that doesn't necessarily have a ton of veterans, a ton of great playmaking guards. And then also turnovers. You know, 17 turnovers is just too much, especially when the game's close like that. I think you need to get that number down a little bit. Hit your free throws. And obviously, you know, some of the three-point shots might have been bad shots, but you just need to make your shots. You know, when a guy like Joe Harris, he's not going to go one of seven. If we have Alan Crabb back, he's going to play a little bit better. I think, you know, on the boards, we're going to go up against Ennis Cantor, who is a monster, and he's really hit the gym this offseason. I think you really need to box out and help out Jared Allen, especially when he's bringing rim protection. Nobody really had his back on a couple plays, and I think that really hurt. Yeah, we can't rely on, you know, a 20-year-old rookie in his second season, despite, you know, all the growth that he's shown. And, you know, he's been awesome in the preseason and in this first game. Nick, give me a prediction for, for the next game. And one, I'll give you one question afterwards. But do you think the, the Nets get it done in their home opener? Or you'll be there, mate. If, in fact, if, if you guys want to slide into the DMs, you know, catch up with Nick at the game, you know, add OGD Nick, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll have a beer. He'll, he'll talk some Nets with you. He, he talks about Nets with me on a near hourly basis. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, definitely hit me up if you want to talk at the game. You know, I'll probably be grabbing some food beforehand and whatnot. I'll be around. Don't bother me during the game, though, because I'll definitely be <laughs> locked in. Um, bringing, you know, what I'll do, like, I'll definitely always bring crazy energy when I go to the game. I think that's what the Nets really need is they need that, you know, fan base to give them that extra juice to stay active the whole 48 minutes. And I think overall, you know, D'Angelo, we really didn't talk about him a ton. And he just needs to be in rhythm in sync the whole game. You know, offensively, he missed a couple shots, and then he just kind of got out of it. You know, he still had five assists, bringing that energy defensively. I think that's one thing, you know, I can appreciate about your boy, Joe Harris. Even when he didn't have a great shooting night, he provided other valuable, you know, attributes to the game in, in talking rebounding, talking assists, you know, just those hustle plays. I think D'Angelo, we want to see that. And I think just keep going. And then, you know, I think a big factor for them is going to be health. I think they'll need, you know, either Rondé or Alan Crabb to be healthy because they're going to miss those guys. I don't want to see Jared Dudley play over 20 minutes, you know, let alone 35. Yeah, and, and with that 35 minutes, Nick, obviously that was a, a coaching decision. Um, so evaluate Coach Kenny's performance, his rotation after game one. Obviously there are 
plenty of Nets fans out there. And it was a storyline of ours when we did the season preview about what coach Kenny, how is he going to develop? Now he has the talent at his disposal. How do you evaluate his performance in the dealer benching, the Dudley minutes and, and all the rest? I think the Dudley situation, I don't like that move from my perspective. I think there was times where, like I said, physically, he just couldn't do it. You know, Trevion Graham would have been a better option. I know Dudley in the beginning of the game was calling out some sets that the Pistons were running. He's definitely a heady player. But when you're getting killed on the boards like that, a certain play is getting killed inside. I think you need to bring somebody in and maybe go against what the style of play you usually play and maybe bring in Ed Davis or Fareed. I honestly wouldn't have been, even been opposed to seeing more Rodeons. I know he had a couple, you know, stupid plays, but he is a rookie. And I think uh, the D'Angelo situation, there's probably more to it. And I'm sure he got annoyed over one specific thing he really did and was like, all right, I'm going to bench you. And I think the way that Karras and Dinwiddie were playing in that second half, they were really dominant. Like I said, nobody could stay in front of Karras LeVert. You know, Reggie Jackson got schooled a couple times. Karras also put the clamps on Reggie Jackson on the other end a couple times. And like I said, Dinwiddie was just killing in the pick and roll game, really attacking Drummond and Zaza Pachulia. So I'm not opposed to those two playing. Maybe I would have tried to get D'Angelo in there a little bit more. Maybe I would have got another veteran. I think it's another situation where like, like, we can't completely analyze Kenny because there were so many injuries tonight, especially from guys he relies on. We know Damari Kerr was a big vet for him last year. Crab played good minutes, and RHJ was that energy booster, especially defensively. Yeah, it'll certainly be something that we watch throughout the season. And, and the dealer situation, he said throughout the season, you know, there was a point at training camp where he had literally, like, one turnover and only one turnover during, like, the scrimmages. And, you know, Coach Kenny got a little bit mad at him. And, you know, dealer reacted in a way where he's like, I don't mind it. You know, if you want to coach me, coach me. That's what I want. Um, one of the first times in his career that he's had, you know, a consistent coach over the, the time period. So hopefully, you know, it's it's just a, a flash in the pan and we see D'Lo back at his best. Um, obviously, you can't expect a full 82-game season. He's not going to be like a full-on superstar straight away. But the fact that we have guys like Karras and Spencer and, you know, I hope the Shabazz is back and healthy sooner rather than later. But yeah, Nick... As always, thank you for joining me, mate. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And all the Nets fans, make sure you find us, you know, Blog Talk Radio, ODDBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, iTunes, all those platforms, YouTube. Hit us up. You know, we want to hear your thoughts. And, you know, be they, be they rational or ir- irrational. It is, it is only game one, my friends. Game two is upon us uh, very soon. And, you know, Nick, you'll be there and, and live. It'll be awesome for you. Yes, exactly, Jack. Always a pleasure talking Nets with you. And I just want to shout out Karis Avert again because – He looked as good as I've seen him his entire career where he was just so dominant at points where they couldn't stay in front of him. And I'm really excited to see what he can do Friday against the Knicks and hopefully they come away with that W. Yeah, hopefully that uh, Karras' agency doesn't get a restraining order against Nick Faye if he's listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, you know, Karras might, if Karras drops 30, I'm going to go nuts on Friday. I'm just letting you know that now. And Jared Allen has even a bigger game. I'm going to go nuts. So, so I'm, just... I'm really looking forward to it. Like I know, like we said, there was a lot of negatives that did happen, but there was a ton of positives. And I'm really excited for the season. After I got over that like 10-minute period where I was like disappointed they lost another close game, you know, there's a lot of excitement to be happy about. Yes, sir. We're buzzing. We hope you are as well. Hashtag buzzing, guys. Yeah, get around now, boys. You know, there's still 81 games to go, and, you know, the playoffs are still within reach. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.